You're listening to the Astrology Hub Podcast, practical wisdom for living your life on purpose. Hi there. My name is Amanda Poole Walsh, and I'm the founder of Astrology Hub. And I'm Donna Woodwell, Astrology Hub Senior Editor and Master Astrologer. And we are here for your weekly forecast for the week starting Monday, February 11th. And before we dive in, I just want to thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And whether you're on your commute right now or you're doing your dishes, really just thank you for making this time for yourself. Because as we tune into the cosmic energies each week, it really can become a ritual that tunes us into something else, you know, something bigger, something magical, the universe around us. And it's so easy to get caught up in our mundane lives, you know, just the day to day and getting things done. So giving yourself the gift of this time is really beautiful. And thank you very much for sharing your time with us. All right. So Donna, tell us about the week. What should we be paying attention to this week? This week's theme is, well, maybe less theme and more of a suggestion, and that's to hold things with open hands. So what do we mean by that? Well, we'll be talking about it throughout the course of the forecast, but the overall energy is very changeable and fluid. So some things may be passing away, and if you're grasping at them, if you're trying to be attached or your expectations are fixed, then you may be left with nothing more than a fistful of ashes. So Keeping that in mind, for things that you want to hold on to, hold them gently. As we dive into the week, it's actually a sweet opening for the Valentine's Day week ahead. Monday's moon is an earthy Taurus, and that harmonizes with the love goddess Venus in Capricorn. So Monday's a nice day to treat yourself to some pampering, maybe a spa day or a nice meal or whatever you can do to stop and smell the roses. You might need the breather since Tuesday is a bit more intense. It's the first quarter moon, which can often feel like a disturbance in the force. But it's also the once every two-year meeting of Mars and Uranus, and this time at the very, very last degree of feisty Aries. So it's kind of like the last grasp of... I'm going to do it my way. At the end of the Uranian journey through Aries, which he will be back to for another 84 years. So you might experience some of those desperate plays from people around you who feel like they've got nothing left to lose. So you might want to watch your own all or nothing thinking because there's a hair trigger and the tendency to want to throw things overboard. But if you need to get out of where you're stuck, this energy could be a gift. So Amanda... That's a powerful day and a prescription. So what's your favorite way of getting yourself unstuck when the energy calls for it? Hmm. That's a great question, Donna. And it, it kind of depends on what I'm stuck on. <laughs> um, but I would say one of the things that works the best for me is physical movement. I find that when I move my physical body and move the energy in my body, it helps to get other things unstuck. I think that you know, being a Gemini moon, a lot of times also talking with other people about what it is that I'm stuck on can be helpful. Like if it's just running around and around in my own head, it can just feel crazy, honestly. So it's really helpful to kind of just like circulate it with another human being who maybe isn't in whatever it is I'm stuck on with me, Uh, maybe someone outside of that. So yeah, I would say physical movement and conversation are two things that really are helpful. How about you? Yeah, both of those things change your perspective. And so if you're stuck, I think it really is get out of where you're stuck and just look at it from a different point of view. And I'd say that's also true. So anything else that lets me do that, whether it's 
you know, I would say those two things as well as writing in a journal or making a list sometimes for me gets things unstuck because at least I can see it on a piece of paper and, and I can see other options that aren't just in my brain. Yeah. It's just, it's just movement of the energy, like, like pushing the energy in some direction, even if it's not the ultimate direction, but taking that step in, okay, something's stuck here. I'm going to do something to move it. And that could be, again, physical or uh, like you said, making lists, whatever it is that's like something different from where you are. But my daughters like to um, do headstands <laughs> to get a different perspective. And it actually is great. You know, like look at the world upside down and think of it that way for a second. Ooh, that's a really good idea. I wonder where I can do a headstand in this house. <laughs> be careful. Anyone trying that at home, be careful with your headstands. <laughs> Okay. Well, speaking of your Gemini moon, Amanda, the moon is actually going into Gemini on Wednesday, which changes the energy again. But we might feel a little bit of confusion associated with that Gemini moon simply because it is squaring off with Mercury, which is still in watery Pisces. It isn't a day, to, an easy day to see things clearly. You might feel like you have too many options or not enough information to understand what your choices even are. So don't be so hard on yourself if you don't feel productive on Wednesday. Wednesday, just give yourself some permission to explore. All that mutable energy likes to check out different options and likes to learn about things that might be a better use of your time. Okay, so on to Valentine's Day. Flexibility might be the key for Valentine's Day this year since things are not as necessarily as they appear. For starters, Mars is moving into Taurus today and Taurus isn't exactly Mars' most comfortable place to be. Mars is more about action and getting something accomplished and breaking and blazing new trails. Taurus is more about being comfortable and snuggling in the mud and allowing yourself to feel sensual pleasures. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. But Mars can certainly add some sizzle to that Taurus energy if you're willing to take things slow and deliberate. That's not all bad, right? You know, slow and deliberate on Valentine's Day, that's actually not a bad combination. Mars will be in Taurus, though, until April 1st, so you'll have plenty of time to practice being patient. Valentine's Day, the moon in Gemini also tangles with both Jupiter in Sagittarius and Neptune in Pisces. Now, this three-way tug-of-war is what astrologers call a mutable T-square. And so in this three-way conversation, it might feel like no one is being heard by the other players. And so... As you can imagine, that vibe might be a little complicated on Valentine's Day. But if you can just, once again, remain flexible and go with the flow and not get caught up in your own expectations, things might work themselves out quite well. Plus, when you have all this mutable energy going on, curiosity is usually your ally. So perhaps focus on asking questions and listening to the responses rather than focusing and getting fixated so much on whether or not you're feeling heard right now. Does that make sense to you, Amanda? It absolutely does. You know, Amanda, I, I know Valentine's Day is one of those holidays close to your heart. So what kind of advice do you have for people on how to make Valentine's Day super juicy? <laughs> it's really funny that you asked that question in that way, Donna, because I've been in a serious self-reflection about Valentine's Day and actually holidays in general. Anyone who knows me well knows I've been in this period of, of really reassessing what holidays are and 
the holidays that don't feel like they have a deep spiritual meaning, I'm having a harder and harder time connecting with them. So for example, I was in Long's with my daughter Madeline the other day and all the Valentine's Day stuff is up. And she's like, mama, what's Valentine's Day for? What, like, why do we have that? And I looked at her and I'm like, Madeline, I have no idea. I mean, honestly, I can't even think of the like pretend spiritual context behind it. Like, I don't even know. And I said, you know what? At the end of the day, Madeline, I kind of think it's just a way to drive the economy in a down month. I mean, if you think about it, there's like, it's like the really, the people that are trying to stimulate business, it's like, well, February, there's nothing in February. Let's do Valentine's Day and make it all about love. And, you know, she looked at me and she's like, well, really love should be every day. And I said, well, yeah, absolutely. And then I was able to proceed to tell her some stories about how Valentine's Day, you're right, Donna, has traditionally been something I like really think is a big deal. And I had these expectations around it that no man could ever meet. And my poor ex-husband, I mean, from the very first Valentine's Day, we ended up at some like really not that great Chinese restaurant on our first Valentine's Day together. And I was so disappointed. It was like this big, huge letdown. And I was just, I was feeling bad for him as I was reflecting it all the times where I had these high expectations that could not possibly be met. And so today I'm like, you know what? I don't even know what I'm thinking about for Valentine's Day this year and and really just sort of connecting in with, you know, where do we have these high expectations that are just kind of, I, for me personally, I don't know if you guys can relate with this. I'm ready to start letting some of that stuff go because I realize that it's just based on a paradigm that I don't actually really believe in very much anymore. And I know the process of letting it go is not always easy, but for me, it's like, it's time. Like it's time to just like look behind the curtain and be like, do I even really believe in this? And so for me, I'm going to focus on just giving to other people and not having that expectation of receiving something that validates that I'm loved. I don't know. That's a long spiel. What do you think, Donna? Well, I'm not a big fan of, you know, I don't want to belittle Hallmark, but you know, the Hallmark holidays, which is exactly what you're describing. But um, there is a spiritual connection. There's an astrological connection behind the time of year Valentine's Day is. It's a little early. Um, it's, uh, you know, the cross-quarter days. The, they're the, the days when the sun is halfway through its journey between the seasons. One of them is Halloween. We talked about Halloween when we, when we were doing the um, earlier episodes. The next one after Halloween is the one that's in the, is the one in February. And different traditions call it by different names. Um, the Catholic Church uses Candlemas. But the point of it is, is in the Northern Hemisphere, it's where the seasons are beginning. Winter is slowly coming to an end and summer, spring is slowly starting to appear. And you celebrate it by doing things that highlight the end of the darkness and the, the coming new fertility cycle that's coming. So in the Catholic Church, they would bless all the, all, a whole new round of candles because they were light and they would be used for the new year. We celebrate Groundhog Day. What does the groundhog do? It comes up and it looks for its shadow. And if it sees it, you know, it tells you how long winter is going to last. So it taps us into really a certain kind of innocence and blessing the new. And so it's a season to bless what is coming into your life that is also new. Hence also the links to the Chinese New Year. So there are some spiritual things lying around. There's actually a tradition between, behind St. Valentine's, which I haven't looked up in a while, but there's a reason why it's when it is. All right. Thank you. You are so good at doing that. That is new context that gives me something else to focus on besides, you know, how many roses am I going to get this year? <laughs> you know, um, 
I wasn't that shallow, but you know. Uh, but in, in any of you who want to check out the Chinese New Year and connect with that, you can go to an amazing episode that we did with Nina Elshoff. It's episode number 10. And um, it's great. It's not only for that day of Chinese New Year, it's for the whole entire year and finding out what the vibration is or the energy is for this Chinese New Year. And it, it was, God, so insightful. So check that out too. Donna, thank you for that recontextualization. Now I have something new to talk to Madeline about. <laughs> now I can say, no, there is, there is a spiritual meaning, but we don't have to buy into the whole buy a bunch of stuff thing. <laughs> hey, you guys could do a little research project together. It would be fun. Find all of these spiritual celebrations that happen at this time of year and what they have in common. Ooh, I love that. Okay. Thank you. All right, going into the weekend, you might feel the nesting instinct on Friday because the Cancer Moon is in its own sign. And that makes an easygoing sextile without Mars and Taurus. So I don't know about you, but my little Virgo self can be a little excited about such moments. And I will go and inventory the silverware in the drawer or something and then go order the missing pieces. Anything else that feels extra homey for me. Maybe someone with a little less Virgo will just curl up on the couch and enjoy some comfort food or game night, which would also be perfect for the energy of this night. Saturday, on the other hand, is a little bit more of a mixed bag. On the one hand, the Cancer Moon is making some very sweet music with Mercury and Neptune and Pisces. And so that's a recipe for a lot of tender moments, um, uh, some heart-to-heart -heart conversations, reading books of poetry and things like that. But on the other hand, the moon is making what's called an opposition, you know, kind of a tug of war with Venus, Saturn, and Pluto all in Capricorn. So that feels more like the urge to keep your guard up and protect yourself because something on the outside is, it could, you could feel a little more defensive than usual. So you put the two of those together and, you know, which side are you going to fall down on? Which is always more, when those happens, you have those mixed bags, it makes the day compl uh, complicated. Plus, if that weren't enough, um, that lovey goddess Venus is sashaying up to the illusory Neptune. And this aspect, when the two of them get together, in this case, it's a sextile, always reminds me of that. I don't know if you remember watching the X-Files, but Agent Mulder had a poster on his wall that says, I want to believe. And wanting to believe and... Um, and, and the implications of that um, are at play on this day, especially when Venus and Neptune are in alignment. So navigating all of these complicated mix of emotions is always challenging because there's no easy solution, especially when it comes to relationships for this collection because Venus is in the mix. For me, I haven't decided what to do with it yet. I might sit down and block some time to journal this evening um, and so I have a safe container to explore all those conflicting emotions. Or I might decide to just take a break and watch some movies because, you know, watching movies can give you something to do that isn't like necessarily encouraging anybody else to get into a complicated conversation with you. I'll have to sit quietly and watch the movie. What about you, Mandy? Do you have any other ideas for using this complicated energy? Once again, being in some sort of dialogue really helps me. And so one of the ways that I can be in dialogue is by listening to audiobooks or podcasts. Um, actually, the guest that we're featuring this week, Allison Armstrong, is one of my biggest teachers currently. And so I'll, I have a bunch of her, you know, I'm subscribed to a bunch of her courses. So listening to her speak helps to get clarity for me around different areas. So 
one suggestion could be to tune into the podcast episode that we're releasing on Thursday with Alison Armstrong. But yeah, no, I mean, I think that it's never easy. And we talk a lot about, you know, taking that space for ourselves and really honoring that space. So I would say that's probably a good suggestion for this weekend is to just plan on having some of that time. Okay. Well, well, all things change in astrology. So the tides are, of course, turning again on Sunday. The sun hails Uranus as, it's, as they both sail through the final degrees of sun being in Aquarius, Uranus being in Aries. And then the sun will enter Pisces on Monday. These last degree aspects might feel like something really is literally finally passing away. The sun can also shed some light on some situations that might have been bubbling in the background. So you may want to pay attention for some clues today so they can give you an indication of where you've been and where you might be headed in the future because it won't be long before Uranus is shifting back into Taurus for the final time. And that's going to set up a whole new seven-year cycle for all of us. And it gives us something to think about over the coming week. Awesome, Donna. Sounds like a great week ahead. Uh, Some of my biggest takeaways for this week is number one, Pay attention to your expectations, especially around this holiday that we have coming up. Um, I'm doing quote unquote holiday. Um, So just pay attention to your expectations in general. Where do you have expectations that, you know, consistently create discomfort for you? And, And how can you start to reframe and rework with and maybe focus more on gratitude versus what you can get? Um, the second thing is to celebrate and bless new beginnings. Let's recontextualize this time of year and really use it to think about the new things that are coming into our lives and and begin to bless those and celebrate those and be grateful for them. And then also the third thing is that this weekend may stir some conflicting emotions and, and some intensity up for you, especially in relationships. So make some space for yourself and remember that things will move and change once again, as always. And that is really one of the many gifts of astrology is to help us have that eagle's eye perspective and remember that it's like the passing clouds, like things will come and things will go. The energy is always going to be shifting and moving around. So even in those times where it's like, oh my gosh, this feels like it's never going to end, it will. So Donna, thank you so very much for sharing this week's forecast with us. And thanks to all of you for tuning in, for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life. I cannot wait to share with you Thursday's episode with Alison Armstrong and really focusing on the duality aspect of astrology, the, um, you know, the sun and the moon, Venus and Mars, this, the day and the night, and really this uh, opportunity we have between the masculine and the feminine to really create a new type of paradigm, one that is not based on a power struggle, one that is based on really lifting each other up and celebrating um, our differences and and seeing how that really actually creates a whole that is so much more beautiful than anything we could have ever expected. So very, very excited to share that episode with you. And um, I hope that you all have a beautiful, beautiful week. Thanks for tuning in. Are you ready to learn more about astrology, take your work with the moon cycles to the next level, and experience what it feels like to be supported by a thriving community of like-minded and like-hearted souls? Then we have the place for you. Join Astrology Hub's Inner Circle, a global community dedicated to spiritual growth, lunar forecasts, and mastery classes with leading astrologers. Simply go to astrologyhub.com inner circle to learn more and join us today. Reconnect with your childlike wonder of the universe 
and rediscover your place and purpose in it all. Join our inner circle today. Visit astrologyhub.com slash inner circle and get in our inner circle today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Astrology Hub podcast. We can't wait to continue exploring with you and bringing you astrology's most practical wisdom so you can live your life on purpose. We'll catch you on the next episode. Hi, this is Chris Kaplan, the producer of the Astrology Hub podcast. This episode is over, but check the show notes for links to products and services you've heard about during this episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please subscribe and rate using the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts.